Hello and welcome to Postnatal FAQ. This is the podcast where I put the spotlight on postnatal recovery. A quick reminder before we start, just as we and our babies are all different, so are our situations. These podcasts are absolutely not intended to be a substitute for seeking tailored one-to-one help and advice from professionals who can assess what's best for you. Do go and talk to your GP or health visitor about any physical or mental health issues you may be experiencing or any doubts you may have. If it's out of hours in an emergency, please do go to your local A&E. Thank you so much and enjoy the podcast. I, like many of the women I spoke to for this project, feel the postnatal period is ignored at a huge emotional and physical cost to new mothers. So I collected your postnatal stories and turned them into FAQs. Today, I had the great pleasure of sitting down and putting your questions to Anna Matos. Anna is an osteopath at the Active Birth Centre in London. She's passionate about supporting the postnatal body and is constantly shocked at the lack of attention on new mothers. She's particularly brilliant at reminding us all how important it is to slow down when you're trying to heal and recover in those early weeks after having a baby. I asked her what osteopathy is. So osteopathy is a musculoskeletal medicine. We look at the body as a whole. In osteopathy, we believe that there is an interrelationship between the musculoskeletal system and also the internal organs. So uterus, ovaries, pelvis, lower back, all interconnected. We receive the information from the brain into the spine, to the rest of the body, and vice versa. This is called a feedback system, and they feed each other with positive or negative information, creating problems. During the process of giving birth, the body undergoes through massive changes that are both mechanical and also physiological. And uh, these changes will affect the postpartum period. And that's why it's so important for me, in my opinion, for the mothers to have, um, to have the support on that period, on those sort of first couple of months after giving birth, because there isn't enough information about that. So that's where osteopathy comes in. We look into the whole um, musculoskeletal system, and uh, we look for imbalances or possible traumas, which sometimes are minor traumas, but it can be bigger traumas as well. And uh, we will sort of guide the body and the individual into recovery. What first made you so fascinated by postnatal care? Well, I've been working for 15 years with pregnancy, postpartum, and um, it is interesting because I was thrown a little bit into that. I didn't really sort of realize, you know, how important that was until I started to work at the Active Birth Center. And uh, I noticed how much women suffer after giving birth because there isn't enough information out there and uh, there isn't enough support. So for me, you know, it's it's definitely a, a sort of a small part of our, our care system that's missing. 
And where are you from? And culturally, is it different? Is there more postpartum support? Historically, yes. I am from Brazil. And um, historically, yes, there is more postpartum support. We come from a sort of a strong family-oriented sort of a culture where family will support each other. So after giving birth, the woman will have, you know, the mother, the mother-in-law, everyone will come together, everyone will be supporting that woman. And I think, you know, in the in the remote sort of parts of Brazil, it still happens. Unfortunately, in the big cities, it's pretty much like what we have here. You know, it's um, people live away from, from the family and that support system, that postpartum support system where the family will be together, making sure that both mother and the baby are well, is not so much in place. So it's a mixture there. <laughs> what have you seen over the years in the UK? What kind of common issues present themselves on a fairly regular basis with you? Definitely back pain. It could be lower back pain. It could be upper back pain. We have neck, shoulders. We have pelvic problems. We may have a um, carpal tunnel syndrome, headaches, a lot of mothers with headaches, and a lot of stress and anxiety. And is carpal tunnel syndrome the pain in the fingers or the thumb? That's correct. So the carpal tunnel syndrome, it's the pain or swelling that will come to your hands and sometimes quite debilitating. A lot of times it will happen before pregnancy, but often postpartum because of um, holding the baby, breastfeeding, just the general position of sitting for too long will create compression through the spine, tension through the arms, and that may lead to the, to the carpal tunnel syndrome. So a lot of aches and swellings and pain. Every single body is different and every single woman is going through a different thing. But are there general tips? What are you saying to women with back pain? Of course, this is very general because back pain can be caused for many different reasons. But after giving birth, there is a general weakness in the abdominal muscles, which are supportive of your lower back. There is also the fact that your body has gone through a whole sort of change, you know, squeezing and squashing and Physically, it's actually hard work, very hard work. It depends on the position of your baby. It depends how long your labor was. And um, also if there, there has been any complications. Also, if it was a natural delivery or a cesarean. So I would say that one of the main things to improve back pain after giving birth is to keep moving. So start moving as soon as you can. The movement itself needs to be gentle. Your body, you know, is in a recovery process, so you need to take it very gently and easy, but move. You need to move the spine, you need to move the neck, the shoulders, and you need to make sure, mostly, you are sitting in a good position when breastfeeding. Because a lot of the times the baby cries, we jump, we grab the baby, and the baby is attached straight away. 
we do not think of how are we sitting, what is going on in our body, and how that will influence our body over the period, sort of a long period of time. Because um, your baby, your breastfeeding is not going to be just for a few days. Hopefully, if all goes successfully, we'll go for a few months. So you need to really think from day one, where are you sitting? How are you sitting? How am I using my body? Am I holding the baby fully with my shoulders and my arms? Do I have enough pillows to support the baby so the baby is being held by me with support? Or am I just lifting the baby and twisting myself? So posture, very important to avoid problems. And where you sit, you know, are you sitting in a comfortable chair? Are you breastfeeding in bed? So I would say as a general rule, have at least two or three places where you can breastfeed so your body is not in just one position all the time. I know that I had intentions of getting to the chair and then when you're so exhausted, you can stay in bed and then you're just trying to stop the cries and it's pitch black and of course you haven't set your position right in bed. But if all go all goes well and you hit the intention right, what is a good position? That, that Just that there are enough pillows behind your back in the bed, for example, to keep you upright? Yes, that's correct. So, of course, there's never going to be easy for you to, to have in a sort of, you know, the most perfect position. And at night, things, you know, become a bit harder because, you know, you are exhausted and baby can be a little bit irritable, so you just want to get things going as, as soon as possible. So again, make sure that you can plan for that. You know, if you think in advance, what may happen? So of course, I'm not going to be able to, you know, sort of stand and go and sit on my comfortable chair. I will be in bed. I'll just bring the baby towards me. So have the support, have the pillows behind you. Be a little bit upright if possible. Or you can lie in a sort of on your side in a comfortable position. The most important thing is not to be in just one position all the time. So you're using your body differently. So you don't get a strain or what we call a repetitive strain. When, for example, burping the baby, there's a very common thing that mothers do, which is taking the baby to one side only. And that will create strain on that shoulder over time. And as your baby grows, it will become harder. You may develop pain in that shoulder. So make sure that, you know, from the start, you get into a habit of bringing the baby to one side, to the other side, use the body differently and also on both sides. So posture, changing sides. What about once you're working from a place of pain? So somebody has a sore back, the baby's sleeping, they have a moment to themselves, what can they do? So that's, um, again, it depends on, um, on how your rec recovery is. Let's say, for example, the mother who gave birth naturally and uh, they are able to move. So sort of very basic things, for example, bending forward or the cat stretch from yoga. It's a very simple one, very easy to find instructions on how to do it. You can find all over the internet. You can see instructions on the YouTube. 
So the, the principle about movement is that um, the joints of our body, they produce synovial fluid. They need synovial fluid. The synovial fluid is the oil that keeps things moving. So when we move the body or the joints during the day, we produce synovial fluid at night. This synovial fluid will create more movement and will also reduce inflammation in the area. So the more movement you have, the easier it is for you to move next day, which means also that sort of you, you will have an easier day where you're going to strain yourself less, less inflammation will be created. Of course, when we do inflammatory process and, um, you know, mostly postpartum, you need to also allow your body to go through the recovery period, through the healing period, not to think that, you know, you need to rush into it. It will take a while. It will take its own time to recover. Each person will recover in a different speed. That depends on, you know, your own general health, in your fitness, in your stress levels, and also on how your labor and delivery was. Would you suggest um, any relaxation tips, any hot baths or lying on your back? or I mean, movement's one thing, but on those exhausted days, what else can, can people do? For the relaxation, again, you know, one of the best things to do is breathing exercise. There's a very basic breathing exercise that we can actually visualize, and I'm sure everyone will be able to do it. So what we'll do, I'll run you through it, and then you can try. So basically, you lie on your back, you're going to, you know, take probably a couple of minutes of your day only. You lie on your back, you're going to place one hand at the top of your belly, the other hand at the top of your chest. Your hands are going to be guiding you on what's happening to your body. What we are trying to achieve here is a deeper breathing. So we want to take a deep breath in and we're going to observe where we, we are breathing from. Then we're going to think that we have a balloon inside our belly. And uh, I like to play with a sort of the visual aspect of it. So really think of a balloon like a birthday party balloon. Think of a color, think of a shape if you want. But what we want is, as we breathe in, we imagine that we're filling that balloon with air. As we fill the balloon with air, we're going to create more space through the chest, but we're going to get our belly up a little. As we breathe out, the belly is going to come down, so the balloon is emptying. So we're going to take a nice deep breath in. And you're going to see your belly coming up. And as you relax, breathe out, the balloon will empty. And we're going to repeat that for half a minute to one minute. To go to the next level and improve that exercise a little bit more, what we can do is accounting. So we're going to breathe in for three counts, filling the balloon with air, 
we're going to hold for three counts so we get the best gas exchange going through our lung, uh, lungs and then we are going to breathe out for six counts so we breathe in one two three we hold one two three we breathe out one two three four five and six why do we do that we get the maximum gas exchange and we get rid of the deoxygenated gases as much as possible so we can promote more relaxation to our body also if possible not in case of um, cesareans of course because in the case of cesarean you can't take a bath for quite a while but natural delivery you will be able to take baths and baths with herbs are very useful lavender is it's healing you can also have um, comfrey which you can buy the herbs and make some tea and then put on your bath with a little bit of um, sea salt or Epsom salts. The sea salt has minerals and helps with the healing. The lavender is very relaxing. And the comfrey, it's a healing herb. So it will help the whole recovering process. The Epsom salts is magnesium. Magnesium promotes muscle relaxation. So it really assists with the pain, the discomfort, the tension that's holding your back tight and creating further inflammation. For that, you need to soak in the bath at least 15 minutes. It shouldn't be too hot. You want a bath that is comfortable, but not kind of burning your skin. So you can actually stay there and relax. And I would say that, you know, sort of they are two very basic things, but really help for you to de-stress and relax. And also, very important, to take a bit of time for yourself. Because as a new mother, it doesn't matter if it's the first time you're a mother or if you have more kids, you're going to find it very hard to have time for yourself. So bring in that routine of taking, even if it's 20 minutes a day, for yourself to do a little bit of stretch, to have relaxation technique, to have a bath where you can just let go and relax. Relaxation is very important. I would say more important than anything. During the period of recovery of cesareans, it's not, for the first six weeks, I would say it's not great to have prolonged bath because of the scar, scar tissue. You want to keep it dry. You want to keep it um, um, well. But um, things, for example, like the, the magnesium, you can buy magnesium oil spray. You can find it in most big pharmacies. You can find a Holland and Barrett. And you can spray that on your lower back. As I said before, the magnesium is a muscle relaxant. And it really helps to, to improve those tensions that are created during labor and during the birth process, and from being on your back, and from sitting for too long. So it's a nice, gentle, and natural way to help to recover. Movement, you want to move as soon as possible, but um, even more gentler in this case, because you shouldn't strain yourself. 
Most yoga and Pilates classes will not take postpartum mums before 12 weeks. I think that's good because it really gives your body that, that moment to recover without putting extra strain. Do you meet a lot of women who you think struggle to take it easy? Yes, absolutely. You know, we live in a world where everything's rushed. We run from place to places. We have, you know, this, everything is on the clock. Everything is programmed. And, you know, women have major rules in their jobs and they are very, um, very much accustomed to, to run by the clock on the minute. And if things don't get in that way, it's not easy. So everything's fast. We have fast food, we have fast internet, we just fast, fast, fast. So we expect our bodies to run in the same speed. However, the body has a clock and, you know, it will only recover on its own time. So if you try to rush that recovery, you're not going to recover properly. You may develop problems in the future. You may have um, chronic back pain, pelvic problems, weakness in the muscles. So yes, I think we rush too much overall. <laughs> overall, I think, you know, is a, and I'm guilty of that as well. You know, my life is very busy and it's, you know, as much as, we, as I say, I don't want to rush so much, I want to take it easy. It's quite, quite kind of hard because that's the pace that the world is. Um, so we need to consciously allow the recovery time and also do some research, you know. I think a lot of the times we women, you know, because there's so much information out there, there's so much planning, there's so much uh, reading and learning about um, the baby, you know, what to do with the baby, what's what's the right, what is the, what is the milestone, how the baby should be doing. And there isn't enough attention to the mother, you know, to the postpartum, going forward, how is that woman going to recover. So do a little bit of research, plan on how you're going to improve your health, plan your meals, you know, Make sure you have healthy snacks around you. I often see mums that, you know, they will live on toast or they will live on biscuits and cakes because that's the easy thing. So when do you think someone would need to see an osteopath and how would they go about finding one and what if they didn't have the finances? Yes. Um, so in, a, in an ideal world... Every mother would have an osteopathic checkup, you know, be anything between two weeks and six weeks after giving birth. In an ideal world, would have that service in the NHS. However, that doesn't happen. So, you know, if you have developed or if you had even before pregnancy back pain, if you developed neck and shoulder pain, if you have constant headache after giving birth, if you have pelvic weakness or pain, the pain in the pelvis, is, it's, um, it can vary, you know. It can be a pain when you are sitting, uh, which is in the tailbone, 
sharp pain because sometimes during the labor, during the delivery, that can get slightly dislocated or badly bruised. So that can create pain which will create a compensation pattern when you see it which will create possible problems. So any pain or discomfort, you can definitely come and see an osteopath and we'll sort of evaluate to see what's happening and then treat. And also the osteopath will be able to advise you in terms of posture, in terms of um, ergonomics of how you use your body, how you hold your baby, etc. So in, in that aspect, you know, um, for checkup or if you have any pain or discomfort. And that, as I said, the pain and discomfort can be structurally, it can be um, like it feels like just very achy under your pelvis, sort of uterus and that area. Osteopathy has a technique called visceral osteopathy, so we can work with that. We can work with scar tissue. In essence, does the touch that you do on a woman's body help release the tension that might be there in the back or the uterus? It's it's the touch, but also osteopathy has many different techniques. We use soft tissue, we use mobilization, we use cranial osteopathy, which is a very gentle technique. So in essence, you know, it's really looking into the imbalances and addressing the imbalances to promote health. Osteopathy believes that the body has a inherent self-healing, self-correcting system that um, sometimes just needs a little direction so it can go into that healing. But if you have pain, don't sit around, don't wait. Go and see your GP and try to get, you know, to look for treatment. If not an osteopath, a physio, someone that is specialized on postpartum that will be able to help you. And if you feel you can pay, how much um, does it cost? What's the kind of bracket? And how can women trust who they're going to see? It's hard to find someone who's brilliant. Like you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, You know, osteopathy fees, they vary quite a lot. It depends on the region that you are. Um, In London, I think it goes between something like 45 to 150 if you go to Harley Street. So it depends, really. It depends on the, the area that you are of the UK. It depends also on the um, expertise and experience of the osteopath, um, as with any profession. Look for osteopaths who have experience with pregnancy. Look for places where they are connected to pregnancy and postpartum mums, like um, yoga places, Pilates places. Get referral from professionals that look after postpartum mothers. So a lot of midwives, a lot of um, healthcare professionals, breastfeeding consultants, they all know about osteopathy and they will be able to refer you to someone that's trustworthy. 
And last two questions. What can women expect from their stomach and their uterus going down and retracting? Well, that's another area that we rush <laughs> a lot, a lot, you know, because um, the physiology of everyone is different. So you see women that, you know, after um, a week after giving birth, they have pretty much nothing there. The uterus has gone down and uh, they don't really have much of a belly. And you see women that, uh, you know, after three months, four months, they still have a little bit of a belly there. However, the uterus itself, once you give birth, it goes into a process called involution. The involution is when the uterus shrinks to its normal size. So the the uterus will be half of its size, you know, the, the birth size after two weeks. But it takes about six weeks, six weeks to complete totally. Why does that take six weeks? It's not just the uterus shrinking. The uterus is a muscle, so we'll sort of start to you know, reduce its tone and going back to normal place. However, all the internal organs that uh, were sort of pushed, squashed, squeezed, they also have to go back into place. And that's why, you know, traditionally in many cultures, women won't do much for six weeks. They will be looked after, they will be helped so they don't have to strain themselves and and that process goes as smoothly as possible. So think of that, the six weeks period that you need. Don't think that your belly should go be going down straight away. I know that is a lot of, you know, in our days, there's a lot of uh, body image strain on women. We see, you know, the celebrities, they have babies and they leave hospital with a very flat belly looking amazingly well. In reality, it's not always like that. So allow your body to go physiologically back to its normality and allow yourself that period of time to recover. What have you learned seeing so many postnatal women? I have learned that... Um, we women, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and um, we should be kinder to ourselves. You know, actually not just we women, the whole society, the whole the culture that we, we live should change in a way that um, we should recognize the, the mother's rule as a very major rule and how giving birth... It's um, such a big part of that process. And that, you know, it needs, it needs to be more education put in place for that, sort of um, more information out there, more books, more uh, podcasts, much more information. So we reassure the new mum that they are doing amazingly well also that um, they should trust the instincts. Thank you so much to Anna Matos. Um, I hope you found the breathing exercise really soothing and helpful. Um, I particularly enjoyed that bit. 
I say this after every episode, but please check the show notes for the links. I've put the link to the cat stretch Anna discusses. So lovely doing the cat and cow stretch. And again, just to highlight, Anna, like a lot of the experts I've interviewed, underlines that if you're in pain, it's important that you go and see your GP, uh, your health visitor or your midwife. Obviously, full disclaimer, this podcast is not replacement someone would actually need to see you uh, so if you've got any physical or mental issues after the birth please 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 go back to your GP to discuss it thank you very much also please do get in contact with me via the website if you have any postnatal FAQs you want me to put to experts in the future uh, there's so many more people to speak to I want to interview a nutritionist a gynecologist a midwife Pilates teacher there's so many more people to chat to so many more questions i honestly know that i'm not representing everyone there are many more stories and experiences and uh, i just want you to spread the word to rate and review it on itunes and most importantly to get in touch with me and let me know what kind of questions what faqs you want to put to experts we are doing a big funding drive if anyone's got any ideas for sponsorship or knows about branding and PR and press and all those things then do please get in touch my twitter is at abbyholic and the website is www.postnatalfaq.com and also don't forget there's really cool pictures and audiograms little kind of tips up on instagram and that's at postnatalfaq so check all of those out and yeah any emails and rates and reviews are always gratefully appreciated Thank you very much. Bye. Postnatal FAQ was produced and created by me, Abby Hollick, with music by Ian Kellett, mixed by Mike Halley, additional research by Leanne Nicholl, web support by Daniel Benaliel, and social media by Rosie Stouffer. It is a Square Dog Media production. <laughs>